weekday mornings from 10 till 12. This is KCLR Live. Good morning, a very happy Thursday morning to you this morning. Coming up between now and 12 o'clock, well, just after 10, Jane Hammond from Carlo SPCA talking about the great work of the charity and also giving her views on a video circulated online of a person jumping onto a swan in the River Barrow at the Carlow Town Park. We continue our chats um, with uh, keeping animals of Carlow and Kilkenny safe because Marion Dalton, the Carlow Chair uh, of the IFA, um, also looks ahead to the ploughing and reminds us to control dogs um, in and around uh, farmland, particularly with sheep on it. Lots of attacks happening lately. Fiona Power and Suzanne Sheridan from the Ormond College, well, they've got great news for us because they're here to tell us how the college is removing money as being a barrier to education. All that. And we've got Brian Deedy and a bit of aha mixed into our musical menu this morning. Coming your way after the news at 10, read by Ashton Bolton Dowling. KCL or Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Yes, good morning and welcome along to the show this morning. Brian Redmond with you until 12. You can free phone us on 1800 90 96 96. It's the same every day. We haven't changed at any time recently. Or you can text or WhatsApp us on 083 306 9696. That's the Dinners Ready Dali sponsored text and WhatsApp line here at the station. Um, if you want to uh, maybe get on to Etna Quirk, she's available on the emails kclrlive at kclr96fm.com if anything is needed there. We've uh, a jam-packed show for you this morning. Lots and lots of uh, great stuff coming up. In a couple of moments' time, we'll be talking to Jane Hammond from the Carlo SPCA. We continue our um, animal conversations this morning because Marion Dalton will be joining us after that from the Carlo IFA. She's the sheep chair there. Of course, the Ploughing Championship's coming up. We'll be uh, previewing that a little bit with Marion and talking about the importance of keeping dogs in control uh, when you're near farmland, particularly when the sheep about huge challenges for farmers when uh, dogs are attacking sheep. Good news from Ormond College. Fiona Power and Suzanne Sheridan will bring us that around about 25 to 11. And, of course, on Sunday, it is World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, Two people who know so much about this subject, Angela Hayes, founder and CEO of Chuck Tom, and Rory Conlon, who's the Clinical Services Coordinator. They're both in studios with us just after 11. Hours to Protect continues at 25 past. And are you breaking the barbecue back out? over this weekend well if you have decided to break the barbecue back out we've world class culinary advice um, on all things al fresco as Keith Boyle the executive chef at the Bridge House Hotel um, sorry the Bridge House Restaurant at the Kilkenny River Court Hotel uh, busts I suppose some of those barbecue mitts I've actually barbecued more in the last five days than I did all summer long. Three times over the last week we've been out cooking bits on the barbecue and hopefully uh, a chance to continue that theme uh, with our weather sets to be good for the next couple of days. Yellow weather warnings are talking about for uh, tomorrow, I think from today into tomorrow. So uh, Keith will have lots of great advice for you um, a little bit later on the show. Now, as I said, uh, Jane Hammond is the uh, car from Carlo SPCA um, because just yesterday a video started circulating online of um, somebody jumping onto a swan um, at the uh, River Barrow in Carlotown Park and to give us her views and thoughts on that and also to tell us all of the great work of the Carlo SPCA. Uh, I'm joined now by uh, Jane Hammond. Good morning, Jane. How are you? Good morning, Brian. Uh, great weather yeah, out there. Guess, great to have um, you on. 
Ah, no problem. I guess, yeah, I um, was sent many links uh, to that incident in the town park. Um, obviously, our, our first thoughts was for the welfare of the swan, but I've enough experience to know that the swan wouldn't have been injured um, too badly. That's not to say, I mean, it, it, there's a, uh, absolutely no excuse for, for, for what we saw in that video. Um the swans are down there in the town park for many, many years. Um, people get great enjoyment to go down there to feed them. There's a lot of people look out for them. And after seeing that video uh, yesterday evening, I guess it was kind of like a little jigsaw puzzle because our swan calls have escalated, particularly over the summer. Yeah, it's been... I mean, just to give people a bit of an insight into the video without going into too much detail on it, it's yeah, somebody perfect. jumps off um, the bank or the little dock there, um, standing there casually waiting for the swans to swim past. Uh, he jumps off on top of the swan. Uh, now, the swan ducks mm. under the water, probably had a bit of a, a, a scare or fright, and as you said, thankfully, um, looked like at least yeah. it, it swam off. But, I mean, it is mindless behaviour like that that can, you know, it just, it makes the swans and all that type of stuff just feel uncomfortable in the area. Obviously, you could do serious damage. But how does incidents like that affect the wildlife in the area, Jane? Well, you see, the really sad bit about if anyone has seen the video is how much those swans trust humans. They'll come up, right up, they'll come onto land, they'll stand around, they're not a bit afraid of the, you know, the people because they feed them. The only time that the swans are a little bit catchy is in their breeding season, and it's a pity that mindless person didn't approach a male swan early on in the spring because I tell you he would have got some reaction <laughs> off the swan. Yeah well maybe he'll learn at some point in the future but how important are the swans I mean apart from how beautiful they are and how nice it is on a quiet spring or summer afternoon yeah. to be standing there in the yeah. sunshine you know yeah. can you give swans yeah. bread because I was going to say feeding bread but I didn't want to say that. If, no if it's, 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 it's very it's not right to give them swans ideally if you want to go down and feed the swan have a few bags of frozen peas in the freezer and bring them down. It's vegetation and they'll really appreciate and get goodness out of that. Frozen they'll peas? They'll eat the bread. Frozen peas, yeah. Oh, that's a little Yeah, frozen peas or beans or something like that. Um, the bread, unfortunately, what they don't eat just pollutes the water. Yeah. And it's not good for them. It's... Everybody feeds this one's bread, but it's not good for them. Okay, so a bag of frozen um, peas, probably cheaper than yeah, a loaf of bread anyway. Corn, corn on the cob or something like that, they'd appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's important that we just, you know, get the message out there. Listen, 99.9% of people listening to the show today would never yeah. consider um, or indeed condone, you know, the images that we saw in the video. Most people are out no. there um, looking after the animals and doing the mm. best they can. How's the population yeah. of swans down there? Is it settled and all looking good and thriving? All good and healthy. Um, you know, we get lost one calls and absolutely keep calling them in because it'll be checked out and we'll make sure they're okay. Um, fishermen, I suppose, are a bit of a nightmare for the swans because a lot of swans get um, fish hooks caught in them. Whereas if we catch it, we can just snip the hook and get it out once there's not much damage done this one will be happily swimming off if it's a really serious injury we contact the Kildare Wildlife Sanctuary and they take it on board, rehabilitate it and uh, release it back to its own area 
because older swans always live in pairs and they pair for life. So, so then during the whole summer there, you've ha you have juvenile swans that are growing up, so there'll be territorial issues uh, amongst themselves and they will fight. But that's nature, that's normal for them to do that. And they do inflict um, injuries on one another. If it's serious, we lift them, we get them treated and make them better and put them back out again. Um, but that's all normal and natural. But if people, what people need to do is be aware um, and do ring it in. The first protocol possibly in Carlo would be just to ring the guard station. They'll bounce the message onto me or onto Fiona Conlon, who is the ISPCA inspector. And either Fiona or myself will always follow it up. So if um, you do we see never anybody, ignore a call. So if you do see anybody acting in the way, obviously don't go near them, don't approach them or the swans, because no. you might get a tumble yeah. wide with them. But um, if yeah. from that point of view, give the guards a call, they'll get in contact with the correct authorities then uh, to follow up on that. And Absolutely. It, and if you see a swan that that maybe looks like it's suffering from an injury or is, has got, you know, you know, it would be difficult to see a fish hook, you know, without getting close enough that you'd be in danger yourself. But if you do see mm. a, swan, a swan that's looking less than healthy, um, is the best place to call the SPCA directly in a situation like that? Yeah, absolutely. Or the ISPCA helpline and then that call will be uh, bounced back to Fiona. And if they don't, you know, ring either me or Fiona, just ring the Garda station. We will get the message and we will go and check that swan to make sure it's okay. Um, it's awareness, really. I mean, it's a beautiful place to go and look at the swans. So is Milford. There's loads of places in Carlow. Bagnallstown, they all look out for the swans. There's people like yourself and myself, Brian, just normal people. And if you like animals and you love wildlife, you will look out for them. But the message will get back to us, so just ring. But don't approach any idiot that's doing what was stuff like what was seen on that video because you're not going to get a good response off yeah, them. You're just yeah. wasting your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the charity as a whole. I mean, the charity is doing great work, as we know. And it seems to be going from strength to strength because you've just recently opened a new a new store um, on Tullow Street. How's that going? It's absolutely going brilliant, Brian. Uh, we were very happily down in Carlo Shopping Centre for the last eight years. And due to an economic downturn, we had to move or we wouldn't survive. So we moved in April and it's gone from strength to strength. We're continuing on with our animal uh, work. We've done a hell of a lot of um, TNR, which is trap, neuter and release cats and sorting out the kittens. I'm currently bottle feeding four little kittens that were, I don't know, something was to happen to their mother. I get the call, I take them in, they're flying. Going forward in another three or four weeks now, they'll all be happily set up in their new homes. Um, a lot of wildlife calls this year. A lot of um, owner surrender calls where people can no longer look after their animals for whatever reason. Um, you know, trying to deal with that on, on top of stray dogs, dogs not microchipped, trying to find their owners, which is very difficult if it's not microchipped. Yeah. If it's microchipped and I get it, I'll usually have the owner within 10 minutes because Excellent. all I have to do is ring Fido and have reunited many dogs over the, over this particular summer. And we um, see a lot of it here in the station. We often get text messages. I mean, we'd probably get two or yeah. three or four a week um, with people either yeah. having found a stray dog or, or indeed yeah. looking for a stray dog. Uh, getting yeah. a microchip makes all of the difference, as you said. Is it expensive to get a yeah. dog chipped? 
No, it's not. I think it's about 30 euros or something now. But since April 2016, um, the law is you must microchip your dog um, that you're in charge of. That's the law. But And now if you go to the vets to get the microchip implanted, the vets send off all the paperwork and you get back your cert and your dog is up on FIDO database. Um, or any mark, there's a couple of them, but it'll be up there on a database that when I ring in or whoever's ringing in, uh, they can match and give out the information to reunite that dog. Well, it's good to see things are going so well for the Carlo SPCA. That has improved greatly. Um, Still a lot of people are not aware, but, you know, they're learning day by day. And, you know, it really is about awareness. If If your dog gets stolen, goes missing... Uh, gets out the gate for whatever reason. Um, once it's microchipped, you will be 99.9% sure to get that animal back. Can you get your, your kids microchipped? I wish you could. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to know where they are at all times. They might, yeah, uh, might be Honest a good thing, it might be a bad yeah. thing. But listen, Jane Hammond from Carlo SPCA, thanks for joining us this morning. And as you said, putting that call out that if uh, if anybody sees anybody treating the swans in ways they shouldn't be treated, don't approach them, uh, but do let the guards no. know. No. Yeah, and Fiona and myself are... I'm only a volunteer in the in the community. Uh, Fiona works for the ISPCA, but she's seriously proactive and will not ignore a call. And neither will I. And we help each other. And that's how it works. That's all. It's all about Jane Hammond from the Carlo SPCA. Thanks for joining us this morning. And as we said, um, uh, the video is circulating online. Don't necessarily go looking for it. You're not going to benefit from seeing it. It's not worth anything to anybody in that regard. But if you are out and about and you do see people mistreating the animals, uh, particularly, as we said, on the Barrow River around the Carlo Town Park area, don't go anywhere near them or indeed the animals. You're not a trained expert in either field. Uh, just give the guards a shout and let them know. 17 minutes uh, past 10 o'clock this morning. Time to squeeze in a little bit of music, I told you. Um, I had some Brian Deedy lined up for you, and here he is with Clap Both My Hands. Brian Deedy there, clapping both of his hands. Great Irish music here on the show this morning. 20 past 10, we've got more international stuff coming your way a little bit later on. Um, I only discovered this morning, talking about music, that the Rolling Stones have just released their first new music in 18 years. Oh, man, how long is that since that's been done? It's an interesting... It's it led up to a full album being released in October. Uh, Mick Jagger was talking about it a couple of years ago. He said he was never going to release new music unless they had a full album that he loved every track on. But it's taken them 18 years to do it. So long, in fact, that uh, two members of the Stones who've actually passed away subsequently are actually on some of the tracks. Yeah, the old big kissy red lips are... Are back um, as the Rolling Stones come back to it. We'll have to try and get that new track. I think it's been released today. Uh, maybe we'll be able to play it on the show tomorrow. But anyway, it is 21 minutes past one. We've got more music to come a little bit later on. But after this break, I'll be speaking to Marion Dalton uh, about looking after sheep when you're out walking. And we'll be looking ahead to my second visit to the Ploughing Championships. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. 23 minutes past 10 o'clock. 
It's nearly ploughing time. It'll be my second. This time last year, I was all excited because I'd never been to the ploughing championships before and we were getting ready to go. Uh, we'll be there again this year. The three full days. Casey and Laura are going to be there in force. Uh, where are we? Stand 555. Five, five. So you're going to remember that quite easily. But for anybody who's been to the ploughing championships, you know, it's not just good enough sometimes to know what the stand number is because the place is so damn big. You need to know the block, the row, everything else. So block two, row 37, stand 555, all at the Ploughing Championships. Somebody else who I'm sure will be there and busy for all three days is Marion Dalton, um, Carlo IFA, Sheep Chair. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Sir? I'm brilliant. How are you keeping? Very good, very good, Brian. Well, listen, before we get into talking about the uh, ploughing, um, you sent me a message into the show yesterday because you were asking people. We read it out. We, we, we did what you asked us to do, Marion. I hope you're okay with that. Um, we read it yeah. out asking people to be mindful and careful yeah. of yeah. what it's like when they're out and about with their dogs in and around farmland, particularly with sheep. There's been some big attacks recently with uh, dogs attacking sheep. Can you give us a bit of an insight as to how big of a problem it is? Yes, it's a very big problem, unfortunately, Brian. And um, uh, just, I suppose, about a month ago in Kerry, there was a very um, big dog attack on sheep uh, last week there in Wicklow. And we've also heard of one in the Dublin Mountains, uh, I think probably last week as well. Uh, and then, of course, only yesterday we saw where that... Um, girl was attacked, uh, it was on the media anyway, that there was a girl attacked with four dogs in Kerry uh, when she was uh, out swimming. She got uh, out of the sea and there was dogs uh, on the beach. I mean, controlling, and dogs, I'm, controlling dogs is a huge importance. i tell you what shocked me, Marion, as, as a city boy myself, right? Um, when... I heard of dogs attacking sheep. I thought it would be a dog running into a field, uh, distressing the sheep, you know, maybe trying to take a nibble at one or two. But I didn't realise that, for example, in January, 80 sheep killed in Tipperary. And in April, yes. a farmer, as you said in Kerry, lost more than 70 sheep. That's right, yes. It's, yes. It, that's decimation of a flock, really, isn't it? It is, and I mean, it's emotionally, apart from, of course, it's people's livelihood, Brian, uh, it's also the whole emotional thing. You know, you're working with those sheep and, um, you know, they're, you're lambing them down every year, and then you go out and they're scattered around, uh, they're dead, they're damaged. Um, you know, when you hear of losing so many, there could be as many more would die afterwards. Um, it's it's emotionally draining as well as the huge financial loss. And the problem is, Brian, there is often nowhere to go. Uh, dogs are gone. Um, you know, um, who do you go to? Where do you get compensation? Uh, it's a very serious issue. It's very, very serious. And if this was to happen, I mean, it's a serious issue at any time of the year. I don't mean to diminish it. But if this was to happen in, you know, early March or late February, when a lot of those sheeps could be a lamb, um, it, it could actually really seriously impinge on a farmer's income for the year ahead. Oh, yes, Brian, yes. Like the yours will slip lamb, um, uh, yours dying, then obviously the lambs die as well if they haven't lambed. Um, yours that have lambs, maybe you're left with lambs, you have to feed them on bottles. I mean, it's devastating. And I think people need to realise this, Brian, that we all think, and I'm a dog lover, and um, 
I held uh, uh, your former guest on there, and I know her, and I know the great work she does for yeah, animals. In, yeah. Yes, in the county. But, um, you know, it's we all think our dogs won't do those things, Brian. But unfortunately, you know, if dogs are out, they get in a pack, uh, they're having fun. And that's, you know, it is up to us all to control our dogs, because otherwise... I mean, they are going to do those things. And um, unfortunately, then, it's often the dog ends up being shot or something, Brian, you know. And no farmer wants to be put in that position. Of course. And um, I mean, no matter how good Fido is at home, when Fido's out in a field, those natural hunting instincts are going to kick in. So it's going to fall to us to control them, isn't it? Yes. We have to keep our hand on the dog. Keep them on the leaves, Brian. And... Um, you know, bring them out for their walks or whatever, but there is no way, like, they should be running loose and then you call them and they won't come back to you and what do you do then? Yeah, you've no chance. They're in, in the middle of a field of sheep or they're chasing something or, you know, it's um, it's um, even bigger dogs chasing smaller dogs. You hear of it all the time and they're injured and they're killed and, you know, they need to be, they all need to be kept on their leads. Well, there's been calls for emergency legislation to include tougher sanctions uh, for those who fail to have their dogs under control at all times. I mean, it's a, it's a great idea, Marion, but do you think it's practical in any way? Well, this has been brought before the doll. The IFA have lobbied very hard for this, and we in the Sheep Committee, and um, we've lobbied very hard. It was brought before the doll, and the Minister hasn't, um, you know, passed this as such in the doll. Yes, fine. We're hoping that this legislation will be passed. And we're hoping that when it is passed, it will be enforced. Because, you know, a lot of legislation can be passed and then, you know, it moves on. Yeah. And, Just sits um, there on, on the legislation books and, and, and never really gets anything done about it. Well, listen, hopefully we can get a resolution to that. And we're always um, happy to remind people. I mean, people love their dogs and they don't want to see, you know, course, the, the, the yes, dogs getting up to the stuff. But just yes, control yes. them, particularly when they're out and in and around farms and uh, particularly sheep, which seems to particularly attract them. Marion, the ploughing, not far away now. As I said, Casey Laura is going to be on stand, yes. 555, block 2, row 37. I'm only going, this is only going to be my second year. I presume you've been to the ploughing more than twice. Yes, I have. I have, Brian. Yes, it's great. It's safe for the country and it's a great... Um, I suppose this day of farming, really, but not just farming, Brian, as you say, you know, you have been uh, to it and uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it, uh, even though you may not be involved in farming. So there's something for everybody there. Well, the thing, and, like, so know, we get the weather. People say that, right? So, uh, yeah, you're dead right. I am not involved in farming. When I when I grew up, um, where I grew up, we lived right beside farmland because, now, it was on the outskirts of Dublin City at the time, but it was in um, in and around sort of Clunee, Keypack area, and there was no uh, there was no houses out behind us. The next building was the Keypack Meat Factory, and everything between us and them was farmland. So, really although I didn't grow up on a farm, I'm totally aware of it. And the thing is, I think no matter where you live in society, how you've grown up, we all know that farming is a huge part of life because it puts food on the table for us all day in and day out. Uh, how many times, without giving anything, you know, precious or, you know, personal away, Marion, how many times do you reckon you've been to the ploughing now? Oh, God, I would say maybe 
Forty times, uh, Brian. Maybe. <laughs> well, but listen. Day, then you know you'll have to so, come up um, and meet us at the stand at the KCLR stand. I when I'm finished, will. yeah, yeah and, will. and you can take me by hand and bring me around the the whole of the entirety of the site and introduce me to many more members of the farming community. And if there is anybody listening that's never been, I think, Marion, the first thing I experienced when I went to the ploughing last year was shock and awe at the size of the place. It's massive. Oh, it's not surprising. Like, there is no way you would see it all in one day. Uh, absolutely not. Um, and even, you know, in three days, you would do a lot of walking to see it all. And then, of course, the ploughing itself, you know, with the, um, and our own ploughmen, of course, we're famous in Carlo here for our, and, of course, Kilkenny, I suppose, too, for our, our ploughmen. But, um, uh, you know, all that is going on as well, and all the the different displays and different things. Uh, you'll have to come down to the IFA stand for a cup of tea and a oh, I'll be, I'll and absolutely be down. <laughs> um, Etna is making faces at me through I the window here, suggesting that we might even get a little bit of a nibble or a sandwich somewhere. But Marion, when you're at the when you're at the ploughing, right? Obviously, you've got a lot of IFA business to do. But would you get a chance to get up and do a bit of dancing up around the dancing area and the music area, and to do a bit of shopping because it it is something there for everybody. Oh yes, definitely. There's something there forever, and we do. Yes, we do. And uh, there is something there for everybody, Brian. It's. Um, I think it's a kind of a thing. It's before the winter. It's just before the winter, and you know a lot of the work is done on farms. And um, this year is a bit of an exception, and we're still a kind of catching up with the weather. But um, mostly people are out, and they want to enjoy themselves for the few days, and. Um, you know, it, and mingle then with maybe urban people, and it's lovely, I think, because yeah. people come together, they all enjoy the one thing, and that's all good too, Brian. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do, Marion, we'll make a deal here and now. You bring me up to the IFA stand, introduce me to the powers that be up at the IFA, we'll yes, have a cup of tea, yes. and then, then we'll go off and do a bit of dancing in the middle of the afternoon somewhere. Me, I'll bring yes. you dancing. That's the date, Brian. <laughs> Marion Dalton, uh, Carlo IFA Sheep Chair. Um, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Stand 555, Block 2, Row 37. Casey and I will be there all three days. And uh, myself and Marion will do a bit of... Um, she'll ed- educate me on, on agriculture and I'll teach her a bit of a jive. Very good, Brian. I need to be taught to drive. I know, I know very little about the driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, take care, Marion. We'll see you up at the uh, Ploughing Championships coming your way very soon. That's Marion Dalton, Carlo IFA, Sheep Chair. Just reminding us all, politely and nicely, uh, to try and keep our dogs under control when we're in and around farmland. It can have a devastating effect, not just on the animal, animals, uh, but obviously on the farmer's income. Coming up on 25 to 11, we're going to take a short break and we're going to bring you more good news after that because Fiona Power and Suzanne Sheridan from the Ormond College have got great news. They're removing finance as a barrier to education. KCL or Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie Yes, you're very welcome back to KCLR Live. Manic show this morning. Come in and join us. Sit down and take a seat. Um, it's uh, 0833069696 are our text and WhatsApp numbers. All on the Dinners Ready text and WhatsApp line. You see, you think listening in at home 
um, that we just sit here. There's people in and out of this place the whole time. And two people who have come in to join me this morning from Ormond College, they're in studio now, uh, about wearing flowery summery dresses, enjoying all of the summer fun, is Fiona Power and Suzanne Sheridan. They're both from Ormond College. You're very welcome along to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. Great to have you all in. Don't be afraid to chew up on those microphones so we can hear you nice and clearly. Okay, um, okay? Yeah, it's all good. So, oh, the college, everything going back. A uh, huge, uh, huge time of year for you guys at Ormond College, no doubt. And uh, I got this message yesterday saying, well, Ormond College is waiving all their course fees and providing equipment for use. And I was like, wow, yes. yeah, that's, that's huge. Fiona, tell me about why you decided to go down that route. Well, um, I suppose we didn't decide it. It was um, it was decided by the higher higher people that maybe, which is fantastic. It was an amazing decision. Um, it's going to be such a great opportunity now for learners, Brian, to not have to worry about paying course fees, registration fees, exams, and possibly like the costs of certain amount of materials and books as well. They're all going to be waived. It's just a great way now for to give um, our learners, uh, you know, some help going forward uh, this year. I mean, Suzanne, I mean, the colleges, they have to sustain themselves in some way, shape or form. How's Ormond going to manage with with no course fees coming in? Well, it is thanks to the Minister. Thanks to... Oh, hang on a minute. We've got somebody on the show thanking a politician for doing something good. Yes, we have. Well, it's not often this, that this happens, but yes, indeed, we are thanking him. And of course, not only for the courses at Roman College, he's also put on extra courses in other centres uh, this year. Now, I'm going to take uh, my political life in my hands because okay. I, I, I sometimes get these wrong. Simon Harris we're talking about here is the, the Minister for Further Education. Yeah, correct. Oh, look at me. Yeah, no. No, no. You're up to speed, Brian. Yeah, so I mean, Simon's obviously not been in that role for too long I mean no. um, you're happy with the work that he's doing so far as oh far yeah as absolutely the- I think he's very enthusiastic and uh, he's been a great inspiration for young people yeah. and he's always accessible and he's uh, getting the name he's getting the words like further education yeah. out there Yeah. because now we have a minister that's of higher and further education and usually further education colleges we're known for being PLC courses mm-hmm. you know um, m- mightn't have been seen as being maybe the thing to go and do after you finish school or whatever but mm-hmm. he's pushing it because he's, he knows we all know because we teach in adult education for years now that the importance of um, our further education courses and the chances and opportunities we can um, give to those people yeah and you see sometimes Brian what actually happens with young people when they've completed their leave and search they're all enthusiastic the friends are all going to college but sometimes they are not quite ready for that big step of really moving home or moving too far from home yeah. so Ormond College offers them a PLC course which also links in the points that they get from that will also link in for when they want to go to university. Um, so it's, Fiona, it's the great. point that you were making that it, it, there may have been a little bit of a stigma almost yeah. with the difference between coming straight out of your leaving cert yeah. and going yeah. to college and there may be somebody at 40, 50, 60 years of age deciding I want to go into I want to go to, I want to, go to college I want yeah. to be involved in it but mm. it's like is adult education further? It's, like, mm. oh, it's, a bit, it's but, definitely the best step for them Brian. We've been registering students now all this week and interviewing last week since we've been back and we've met the most loveliest people from all backgrounds of all ages and from all different countries 
and especially for the more mature learner we've got so many which is amazing and th- it's that story they might have been out of um, they might never had maybe pursued third level they might be minding their kids for years they might want to have a career change and they're coming back to us now and they're going I want to change I want to do this for me like I was talking to a lovely woman this morning who, who was after sending her own kids to college university and, and doing it she goes now this is the time for me I mean I was <laughs> so delighted I said well this is why we're here this is why we have further education this is why we have these adult um, education courses it's for it's for yourself it's for you now's your time so obviously um, Suzanne the minister yes. as you said announced obviously some sorts of supports for the college and that allows you to do this but yeah. it's not just as you said the college courses that's just a yeah. phase they're also making additional uh, educational tools accessible as yeah. well so uh, what form will that take is it books or you know? yeah so say my area is hairdressing and uh, so all of the tools that will be necessary for that blow dryers uh, scissors combs all of that together with their uh, fees um, going forward even for courses that they want to take outside of the college. Sometimes we would take them to um, some of the other academies. I'm not going to advertise them. <laughs> 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 you know, some of them... Uh, well, you don't need to compete commercially anymore because the minister is supporting you. Yeah, is, yeah absolutely. But anyway, we would take them up to there and it's, it's a great introduction. Sometimes we would go to the hair and beauty show. So all of those things will be yeah. uh, covered. And trips and educational trips, yeah. and the workshops. Yeah. Like that. So Suzanne, I mean, yeah. somebody that uh, usually continue with the example that we're talking about the hair dressing course so really somebody's going to be sitting at home thinking god i always, I always wanted to be a hairdresser so, yeah. sounds like it suited me i i love the bit of style i love the work i love i want to get out of the house mm-hmm. i love meeting people and chatting mm-hmm. to people but it never happened for me because mm-hmm. yeah, i got into other areas of my life sure. um, and all of a sudden they're they're now thinking oh, i still wish i could do that but sure i wouldn't have the money for college i, I I use a hairdryer myself for drying my own hair, but that wouldn't be good enough. Mm-hmm. You're almost setting these people up for a, a second crack at it because it, they're going to okay. do the course and they're going to come out with the equipment and they're going to come out with contacts mm-hmm. and everything else. And they're also going to come up with a career, which is the most important thing, unable to turn a bob. Yeah. At the end of the day, because... Ah, I like what you did there. Yeah. The hairdresser, turn a bob. <laughs> oh, yes. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. But yeah, so, they're, uh, you know, it, it's giving them that skill and also it's allowing them find them all themselves again. Mm. It's reinventing themselves. Whatever, obviously I'm, I'm talking about my own area, but it does, it allows them, and part of our courses, uh, they're in the college four days a week. It's a normal college times nine to four. And then on a Friday, uh, in my case, they go and work experience to the salons. So they actually go out and they do that work experience. Yeah. So it's that opportunity then for them to go into the salon and prove themselves. And even though they're in work experience, they might pick up a couple of bob, as you said, and tips here or there. Who uh, knows? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A good head massage never, never went on straight. Suzanne, we've an ad break coming up in a few minutes. Okay. You can hang around and give me a head massage while we're doing that. <laughs> no problem. Indian head coming on. <laughs> Fiona, um, not just hairdressing, of course. Give us an idea as to the variety of different courses available. We have a huge variety of courses, Brian, from animal care to nursing studies to community care to art, craft, design to media studies, my own area, um, to exercise, health and fitness, to early learning and care, that's childcare. Mm-hmm. We do like stage one and stage two. Horsemanship, that's equestrian studies. Yeah. Oh my God, we've There's just a got whole, so many. There's a whole list there. Yeah, animation, like pre-garda studies, and of course, all tourism. Of, all of that stuff will be, and interest actually that you mentioned pre-garda studies, because we only read out a text and email mm-hmm. came in yesterday about the guards now trying to recruit I think it was 400 civilian correct. staff so I mean 
it, there's a lot of positivity out there in both the educational and mm-hmm. working environment. Yes. And I think things like this are fantastic because mm-hmm. it could be just that little last push yeah. that somebody needs to give it a go. Exactly. Talk to me about enrolments and stuff like this. You know, we've got all that information there. Yeah. It's all on a website somewhere, yeah? Yeah, it's on www.ormancollege.ie. So um, they can check out our prospectus there. It tells you all about the list of courses. And then um, you can apply. There's a big apply now button. <laughs> so you can go onto the website and you can apply for any of the courses that we have on offer. So what we're doing is currently we're interviewing and then we're bringing people in to register at the moment. So there's still lots of places available if anyone is interested. And also, we are a nice small college. We're very friendly. We're very open. The front door is always open anyone is even welcome to come in if they're not too savvy on using a website or IT come on in talk to us chat to us we can even get you enrolled we, or sorry we can get you to apply there and then we'll help you one of the staff members will help you mm-hmm. so pop in or call the college or go onto our website and Suzanne in terms of yeah. dates and application dates yeah uh, we're open now straight away to come along now and to come into us and the other thing that I would like to just mention as well Brian is the fact that the bus service stops right outside Ormond College so we're actually taking you from your home to our home Mm. And uh, all ready to go when you get there. And we also have a canteen on site. Is there a closing date though, Fiona? There must be some sort of closing date yeah. for, for submissions. Yes, there would be probably in two weeks' time, Brian, yeah. I say, because that's when we're going to start classes. But we do take we do take people, um, you know, that might be a late, you know, some very, very late applicants. But we were reckoning we'd be wrapping up in about two weeks' time. So not that much longer to not go in terms of getting longer, them in. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you seeing a greater uptake in further education or education for people that might have not gone into the normal system in the normal oh, way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we Why have, is that happening yeah. though? Is it more confidence? I think so. And I think there's more awareness about it as well, about further education. There's more positivity about it out there now, Brian, which is brilliant. And I like, I mean, the ETBs and FESH, Further Education Training Services and Solace, they're, they're doing great advertisement for it. And it's been promoted as well in schools and maybe with guidance counsellors across mm-hmm. the country. And I mean, it really is a great step, especially for the school leavers, for anybody to come in to us for a year mm-hmm. to figure out what it is that they want to do. And Suzanne, one of the other things that I think one of the remaining barriers are people thinking that they must have completed a particular level of education no, before applying. Yes, that's quite true. Uh, no, uh, we'll say we will recognise any prior learning that you've actually had as well. And also, if you've completed the leave, are fine. But if you haven't, we will also, there is an area there for you as well. That'd be for more mature, mature students, like learners. Yeah. Um, yeah. In regards to leave and search students, if they um, pass uh, five um, subjects, yeah. and that's the minimum requirement to come in. Yeah, yeah. so there's different criteria. If you are a leave yes. and search student, leave five search passes student, is the minimum. But if you're an it. older uh, applicant... Yeah. Um, no, just 23 plus. We, 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 we will do an interview. Yeah. And then we score you on the interview and see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. scored on the interview. Yeah. 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 So you're going to have to it's come in one day now, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come in. Well, there's no point in me going into the hairdressing course. I wouldn't be much use as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a guinea pig for anybody there, I wouldn't You'd think. be good confidence and a good speaker. Yeah, absolutely. Good communication, customer service skills. Super. Uh, I'm often <laughs> told to shut up. I, I spend too much time talking most of the time. That's my problem. Um, are you looking forward to the educational year ahead, Suzanne? I am indeed, yeah. It's going to be full of inspiration full of uh, talent and it's going to be a very busy year ahead.
And Fiona, give us all those websites and everything else that I people need. I can't wait for the year ahead. And just say really quickly, Brian, our graduation as well is uh, Friday week in the Orange Hotel. <laughs> so we're so excited. <laughs> so our yeah. email, or sorry, our website is www.ormancollege.ie. Um, and then um, pop on in. We're on Ormond Road in Kilkenny and the door is always open. You looking forward to the educational year ahead, Suzanne? Yes, totally. Are you still teaching yourself? Yes, I am, yeah. There you go. Fiona just made a face at me as if there's some sort of story behind that, is there? No, it's because she's beautiful. <laughs> she's the head of the hairdressing department, yeah. Brian. So, yeah, so it's going to be a wonderful year. You must love the stories that you get from people coming in, because that's the one thing compared to college students. I mean, with the greatest respect, college students, they've only been around 17, 18 years. They've nothing to tell us, really, no. most of the time. No. But, but I think what I enjoy the most, too, too, as well, every day for me is a learning day because of the nature of my work it's creative and you know uh, students come in and uh, you're going to show them some of the skills and then they'd say you know Suzanne did you ever think about doing it this way that way or the other way and so yeah so that's an opening too and I also find that we engage very well with the salons uh, not just here in Kilkenny but further afield as well and it is absolutely absolutely wonderful to see some of our former students owning their own salons uh, in Kilkenny and the surrounding areas. Some mm. go into teaching, some actually travel. Once you have a trade, you can travel yeah. the world over. Mm. I mean, you lots know, of in people... In Australian yeah, places like that, you Lots know? of students have gotten jobs straight from completing their QQI Level 5 and Level 6 courses. Mm -hmm. So it's not just all about going on to university either. People just want to work and they want to get yeah. a qualification. And I mean, that's really inspiring. Mm. And yeah. even if somebody's not at the point in their life where maybe they're re ready to jump back into the workforce, yeah. this could be a good first step, though, couldn't oh, it? It is, yeah. Really it, it eases them in gently. And, you know, they also have in their back pocket, as um, Fiona alluded to there, the, the uh, courses, QQI qualification. But we also cover as well the Department of Education, TS exams, the trade exams. Uh, we also have the equestrian. Uh, the equestrian uh, is in Grenon in Thomastown and it is affiliated to the British Horse Society. That exam is quite stiff, but all, so far we've had 100% success there. Wow. And uh, I suppose we were absolutely delighted too that uh, when uh, now King, then Prince, came to visit Kilkenny, he went to the equestrian centre. So um, it is uh, well known as well. And Grenham Mill yes, as well. Yes, yeah, Grenham Mill, Crossville, So yeah. uh, it's not that we wish to blow our own coal, but, you know, the facts are there. Yeah, you, you blow away, blow away. <laughs> um, listen, it's, it's, it's a great initiative. It's, it's, yeah. it, as I said, it's one of the remaining barriers to people getting back involved in further education and at the Ormond College yeah. and it is now gone as you said Suzanne but thanks to Simon Harris yes yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yes Fiona Power and Suzanne Sheridan from the Ormond College thank you very much for popping in and Fiona give us that email address and website if people want to find out once more www.ormondcollege.ie well said thank you very much uh, you it's very 10 minutes to 11 o'clock uh, we'll be back with you after this short break KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops food outlets and and a state-of-the-art IMC Cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Do KCLR this uh, Thursday morning, nine minutes to 11 o'clock. Uh, keep those texts coming in. People asking us for information on Ormond College. Ormondcollege.ie, I think is what the guys said. Uh, you can check it all out there. Uh, and while you're checking it out, you can do it while you're enjoying this piece of music. It's AHA! The sun always shines on TV. And always shines on TV. The two girls are still sitting in studio yapping away to me. We were just yapping there during that song. Suzanne was actually telling me as well that even for people with special special education needs, you've yes. got everything they need, haven't they? Yes, we have. 
that if we'll say somebody says, well, look, at uh, you know, I may have a little bit of difficulty and I'm not up to speed with computers even or whatever, if I have any needs like that, uh, you, we will loan you a computer yeah. for the time that you're there. And any of your needs then will be met. We will do our utmost to uh, facilitate you. So don't be shy. Don't think I can't come in. Sure, I'm not able to do this. Sure, I'm hardly able to turn on a computer. <laughs> By the time you leave us, you will be up to speed. And the main thing I suppose everybody wants to do, they want to do, they want to book a holiday. They want to go to the theatre and everything like that is actually, on there. Is we on were talking there. about adult uh, 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 technological literacy yeah. earlier on the week is a very, very yeah. important part of it. Listen, Suzanne Sheridan from the Ormond College and Fiona, who's still here also, I'm going to have to tour for you at a studio now because we're getting close to the news at 11 o'clock. Ormond College, Dottie, for all the information that you need. Thanks, guys. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Weekday mornings from 10 till 12. This is KCLR Live. Coming up on the show between now and 12, um, it's uh, World Suicide Awareness Day this weekend. And uh, we'll be talking to Angela Hayes, founder of CEO of Chuck Tom and Rory Conlon Clinical Services Coordinator. They'll be in studio just after 11 o'clock. Also, our Hours to Protect series continues when Ethnic Quirk spoke to Sarah Fox about the importance of connecting to nature. And Keith Boyle, executive chef at the Bridge House, will be here busting some barbecue mitts ahead of uh, continuing um, hot weather. But now, at 11 o'clock, it's time to go over to Ashling Bolton-Dowling in the newsroom. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, great to have you in. We're talking barbecues a little bit later on. Are you a barbecuing household? Yeah, definitely. When I feel like everyone is. When it's sunny, everyone wants to get the barbecue out. Is it, are, in are, you, are you simplistic, though? Is it like a couple of sausages to throw into hot dogs and a couple of uh, you know patties to throw into burgers? And Or would you go more than that? Usually, yeah, we're probably more simple with it. We have a salad and everything like that as well. Um, yeah, we're probably a bit boring. <laughs> no, we, no, we need a bit of inspiration. Uh, the salad is not boring at all. I hit last night have barbecued for the third time this week, which is more than I've barbecued for the whole rest of the summer so far. Just threw it on. Didn't make a big job out of it. Threw a couple of steaks on and just had it with a bit of salad. Fantastic. Yeah. But if you are, as you said, I didn't say it, you said it, <laughs> a bit boring. Don't forget Keith Boyle is joining us a little bit later on. He'll have some real inspiration for you. Fish on a barbecue? Um, whatever you're into, I suppose. I suppose the question, the answer to that question is, is, is if I'm doing it, probably not. Whereas if Keith Boyle, executive chef extraordinaire, is doing it, you'd be dying to have a little taste. Exactly. Yeah, we shall <laughs> stay tuned because he'll be with us a little bit later on. Ashton, thanks uh, for the news. We'll talk to you again at 12. KCL or live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Our text and WhatsApp lines are 083 9696 there the dinner's ready contact line if you want to get in contact with us that way you can also free phone us on 1800 909696 or email the show kclr live at kclr96fm.com now just to give you a little bit of advice in advance uh, our next piece will be joined in studio as we are by Angela Hayes founder and CEO of Chuck Tom and uh, Rory 
Canellan, um, Clinical Services Coordinator. Um, we're going to be talking about World Suicide Prevention Day taking place this Sunday. Uh, I'll mention it again towards the end of the segment, but don't forget, if you need any help, advice, or to get in contact with people, there's lots of helplines out there, and you can find all that information on our own website, kclr96fm.com forward slash help. Um, you're very welcome into the studio, Angela, and indeed Rory. Uh, World Suicide Prevention Day taking place this Sunday, the 10th of September. The theme for 2023 uh, creating hope through action um angela uh, talk to us about creating hope through action yeah we um i suppose the work that chuck tom is doing is providing that hope through the action that we are working on the ground with people that are in crisis or for anybody who is just struggling with their mental health they don't necessarily have to be at the point of crisis but being there at the end of the phone opening the door if somebody walks up off the street and wants to come in and talk and just share what's going on for them or just come in and have a cup of tea you know we're there so it's very much action focused and it's grassroots um, opportunity for people to come in and get help for their mental health so you know the I think the campaign um, for this year World Mental Health Suicide Day I love it you know hope through action it has to be that you know there's so much paperwork and bureaucracy that um, I suppose um, sucks up the hands-on work that people can do because there's so much paperwork involved in that and I think the way Chuck Tom works the model that we have really works because we're going into our 10th year um, this year and it has proven to be I suppose the the there for people over the years so we've had uh, last year we had uh, 4,000 counselling sessions that were provided for to the people of um, Kilkenny, Leash and surrounding areas and this year our numbers I've seen have increased actually, you know, the end of August we're at a higher rate than we were last year um, but on general we would see or we would register about 400 people every year to use the service and they all get 8 to 12 sessions of counselling um, which is provided free of charge um, through our therapists um, and the team. We'll talk more about Chuck Tom in a moment, um, but Rory Cannellan is in as well. I mean, uh, the thing that struck me about the, uh, the theme for this year, creating hope through action, I suppose you guys would encourage that we all in society, not just organisations like Chuck Tom, try to take a little bit of action, no matter how simple that might be. It is. Well, I suppose the, the big phrase that comes to my mind is, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And a change requires action. Um, on a personal level, it's, uh, you know, as a therapist, when I'm working with somebody, it's them looking at themselves and what they can kind of change through their own actions. And then we spread it out to maybe, you know, we do a lot of work with families and family support and we do group support. We do talks in a lot of the schools and all of that then is about the actions they can change in those little local areas or little sub-communities of the whole community and then we were out in the community trying to change the attitudes in community as a whole so all of that uh, action then will bring about change which for us is a goal of reduced suicide and reduced instances of people lost um, Angela are you comfortable enough talking about your own story yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you've probably yeah. done it before, but I think it's always worth checking in with somebody before they do. Um, suicide touched you, your life enormously, hasn't it? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and it was something that, you know, there's nothing can prepare you for a suicide when it happens. So I feel through my own experience and it's not that you learn, to, or it gets easier or you just learn to live with it. And we have good days and bad days. Even, you know, my the first suicide was of my husband in 2002 and, you know, looking after the four boys and going, oh my God, these four little faces looking up at you and how am I going to look after these? How am I going to feed them close? them all that and mind myself and mind them how as well. old were the boys when you lost your husband my eldest boy was 13 and my youngest boy was only four so it was roughly two years between them all and um, yeah it was a huge challenge you know because you had four busy boys in a house as well because they were involved with all sports you know they loved sports and we had them at everything soccer and hurling and swimming and running and so it was a busy household and then our world fell apart you know and um tell it, me about your husband uh yeah tommy he was he was only 32 when he took his life uh lovely lovely person and um you know one of those characters that everybody really liked and he had a smile on his face you know as well uh, he liked um socializing and meeting with people as well and he was a really really hard worker and um yeah but struggled with his mental health and you know never really said that what was going on for him and um you know there was other stuff going on for him as well and um i suppose didn't really reach out and get help and unfortunately you know um the day came in march when he ended his life so it was like a, a bolt of lightning hitting our family because we we just really wouldn't have expected it at all so you've got four young children um your husband's just passed away you've got the the challenges of managing a household while managing your own grief and the boy's grief and everything else. Um, and then tragedy strikes again a number of years later. Yeah, nine years later, uh, my second eldest boy, Thomas, um, he was only 19 as well. And I suppose, see, Thomas was, um, all the boys have beautiful characters, uh, you know, they've lovely ways about them as well. And, um, you know, one the eldest boy, I suppose, really, really struggled at the time. And then the second eldest boy was Thomas. And Thomas, um, I suppose, was trying to make our house all... Um, he knew there was so much going on of sadness and pain and grief and anger and everything. And Thomas was always trying to um, make my life a little bit easier. You know, when I'd come in from work, maybe Thomas would have a salad made for me. He was trained to be a chef and he'd have a salad made for me and a smiley face made out of anything. You know, it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a salad like for the barbecue and stuff, but he just would make the make something for me to put a smile on my face. And he really, really, I feel neglected himself and kept pushing away his own grief. And um, he never said, you know, what he, he was feeling or how he was struggling. And he was a leader in the Scouts as well and very much liked and loved by so many people, Lincoln Kenny. And he got on well with everybody, you know, and even at his funeral, um, we had members of the travelling community. You could have the mayor there as well. And then there was older women, you know, that they'd say he used to carry me shopping bags home, but then he'd get a cigarette off them, maybe or something, <laughs> you know. But he was a real, real character and uh, really, really, you know, it, it was just such a shock and such deep sadness. And 
you know, just not thinking, how can this happen to us again? You know, because our life was really starting to to settle down and every, mm. my eldest boy, you know, was doing really well and he became a dad and, you know, his relationship was going great and I had a new little baby girl as well. So life really was starting to look up for us and then um, shock. Again? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine as many listeners... I'm sure it would be the same losing anybody to suicide, but to lose two two people that were loves in your life um, is hugely challenging. Um, interestingly enough, for me, both men, and we know obviously suicides affects both men and women, but probably slightly more prolific in men, and men that you suggest you actually talked to both of them about being very hardworking and very dedicated to other people and being leaders. Um, maybe I'll put this question to Rory. Is that something that we as men need to cop on to a little bit? Yeah, well, I, one of the things I've uh, started to say lately is in relation to man up. You know, it's one of these sayings we were told uh, throughout and it normally means step up to the challenge. And I suppose, you know, rather than kind of change what it means because it's kind of got a bit of a negative connotation lately, I'm kind of saying it, look, we need to man up and ask for help when we need it. Um, mm. There's nothing uh, unmanly about saying you're not okay, um, that you need help and that you're struggling. Um, you I'd know. say it's probably one of the most manly things that you can do. A exactly. So so I'm, I'm, I want to kind of reinvent the phrase, as it were, to mean what it should mean, which is that when we struggle, we get support, um, you know, because we do struggle. And uh, you're right, uh, the, the figures for, there's a huge disparity between men and women in the suicide figures. Um, unfortunately, the, the figures for women are rising, and we have to investigate that as well. Um, but uh, for men to come and seek help, and sometimes it's not a huge amount you know it, it's a different way of engaging uh, we don't need to have um, very very deep talks a lot of the time we just need support we need to know there's somebody in our corner sometimes that we can talk to and let off what's actually happening for us in certain situations and when men do that the outcomes tend to be a lot better um, so yeah as I said uh, man up and if you're struggling uh, don't keep it to yourself and actually reach out for the support it is there within the community do the men that come in to see Rory do they feel isolated uh, not necessarily isolated, but I mean, we still have a huge amount of stigma and shame within the community around mental health. Um, you know, and we'd often see that where maybe somebody's missing for work uh, due to mental health reasons, but it's never really discussed. Whereas maybe if you're out due to a physical illness, you know, you're generally safe to talk about that. You know, if I had to go into hospital for yeah. surgery, you know, and I was gone how's for the six knee? weeks. People, like, how's how are you getting on with the leg? Yeah, they won't exactly, necessarily say, know, how's the head? That's it. Yeah, we don't. And and it's very difficult. I don't think we've developed the the language or the comfort to be able to use the words to express when we're struggling with our mental health. We are getting better and I mean one of the good things about the youth of today is they are gifted with the language to be able to say how they're feeling um, You know, so uh, that will change over time hopefully. Um, but as I said it's not just a, a male dominated struggle, I mean there's a lot of women struggling I mean they're in the figures too That um, come, you know, while men have more suicides funnily enough the statistics show that females have more presentations of self-harm and suicidal uh, ideation and mood disorders than men. So there's work to be done on both sides. Could that point possibly to the fact that maybe because women are more open to engaging with services or to seeking help that that early intervention prevents those females presenting with those ideations um, from coming to that end? 
not necessarily. I think one of the main reasons is that men, uh, not to get too into it because it can be quite disturbing just to, yeah. uh, but uh, men tend to be more violent. Okay. Um, so therefore there's less time for a successful intervention, uh, whereas a, 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 least lethal, a, a least lethal method would actually allow maybe for somebody to be found or to get the support. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, as I said, there's, there's just what it probably does display is as much as we're similar, there are certain differences between the the, the sexes yeah. um, and trying to kind of manage that. Um, interestingly enough, for our figures in Chalk Tom, nearly every year since we've been open, uh, presentation-wise, it's been around 50% men and 50% women. Yeah. We're split I, down the middle. Um, it wasn't in this country, it was in the UK. Only probably three months ago, I lost a female friend of mine who was only in her early 30s. And it was such a typical story, you know, everything going for her, or everything going for him you know they're the types of things that we hear unfortunately she went in um, for some help and assistance on uh, Friday mm. uh, managed I don't know who she was dealing with obviously but managed to convince them all by Monday that she was fine and uh, took her own life on the Monday evening um, supports are key aren't they in terms of the support that that Chuck Tom offers Angela. How much, first of all, how much of a solace to you has Chuck Tom been um, in terms of its development and creation? Um, I suppose um, for me, I was only, uh, you know, it was three years after my son's death when we set up Chuck Tom. And the intention really was to be able to uh, fundraise and give money to people to go and get counselling somewhere because I really didn't feel that uh, anybody should ever have to weigh up an option of um, like in my situation was you know can I buy a week's uh, groceries mm. or you know can I go and get counselling for myself uh, which obviously the groceries uh, won so I didn't ever feel that anybody should ever have to balance this and, and um, question which was more important because both of them are important so setting it up that was the reason and um, you know it, it, it I suppose 10 years on now uh, it is lovely to have Chuck Tom it's in honour of my husband and my son but it's moved away from that you know that uh, emotional connection I, it's turned into something that I know is a need in the community and um, if we were to close um, you know it would be devastating and for me um, you know I see the people that are coming in the doors meeting with Rory and the rest of the councillors in Chuck Tom and knowing if Chuck Tom had to close you know uh, knowing that these people would have nowhere to go would be very very uh, upsetting I suppose and uh, tragic so um, yeah I've it's been really um, nice to be able to be there in the community and I think for others when they reach out to Chuck Tom that they know you know that I've been there I've walked the walk and that I can really have a great understanding for people that come inside the door at Chuck Tom. Well I can tell you for a fact I mean I met a taxi driver um, in a part of Carlo Kenny probably about six months ago who was doing something in his words small to raise some, some funds and he was very open and told me a story and I can guarantee you the difference that Chuck Tom made in his life was was huge. Mm -hmm. it, it is his life it wasn't um, wasn't a difference in his life. It kept him alive. Yes, in, in, in his yeah. words, it's huge. Um, World Suicide Prevention Day coming up uh, this Sunday. Um, it's uh, it's a difficult topic to bring up. Maybe if there is somebody around you that you think isn't feeling well, Rory. If you if there's somebody listening at home today who's maybe got somebody in their life um, that they might want to have those conversations with. I mean, with your expertise, how is the best way to open up those type of conversations with somebody who you think needs support? 
the simplest way is just ask you know and listen um, we do get afraid of it sometimes we're afraid of the answer because we, we don't know what to do um, sometimes there's a fear still that if we mention it uh, that we've put ideas in somebody's head maybe mm. when they're not there but uh, all the evidence shows um, you know the you know we do work a lot in conjunction with the HSE uh, in the southeast the suicide prevention teams all of our therapists go and attend the mandatory trainings around interventions um, and all the evidence points that if you ask it's okay to ask, you know, um, asking somebody if they're okay, asking if they're able to keep themselves safe, um, and do they need support? Uh, so simple questions like that, um, or sometimes it might be that they're not coming forward and you just have to say, look, I see you're not okay. Uh, I see you're upset. I'm worried about you. Do we need to get you support? Do we need to get you help? Um, and often in that situation, people do say yes. And then it's about having the knowledge of where to go to bring that person. Again, all of the evidence points that if you do a timely intervention, which is what you were saying earlier on, the sooner we can get in to reach somebody with the right support um, and remove barriers. And that's what, to me, Chuck Tom has always been about. Let's take away barriers for getting support. You ring us. If you're in crisis, you'll be seeing somebody straight away. Mm. Um, you know, if you don't have cash available for appointments, we'll set you up with somebody and cash is not going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, so the primary thing is don't be afraid to ask. And don't be afraid to take action, you know, give that person hope that there is support. It's a strange, it's a strange, that was a strange feeling for me because from that point of view, I would love if everybody in Carlow and Kilkenny knew that Chuck Tom existed. But I'm also conscious of the fact that if everybody in Carlow and Kilkenny, and indeed I know you're involved in Loud as well, um, who needed help and support called you tomorrow, you'd probably be <laughs> so inundated you'd struggle to actually deal with it. Yeah, no, I feel the way the team is managed and Rory does a great job managing the team of therapists. So we have 22 therapists and they're absolutely all just amazing and uh, they they seem to be, we're available and we're, we've managed the last 10 years with the influx of people that have come to us and, um, you know, I just think it works it, it works and there's no fear of us saying oh no we, we can't uh, reach out to everybody because we seem to be able to manage everybody that yeah, comes it's, to it's our a doors. weird way of working things out isn't there sometimes yeah, there is, you and, see, and not everybody needs therapy no, I mean look uh, we, we've done a lot and this is again it's probably the things that you don't see on a day to day basis you know but we get a huge amount of phone calls in from worried parents worried friends from people themselves in distress and sometimes it's just a conversation at that moment yeah. you know if after, and, and like Angela said I, you know I had one there only a couple of weeks ago where, where somebody came in and we just had a cup of tea and a chat um, you know and said you know look I, I feel I'm much better now because I've spoke to you I don't think I need to come into you again just yet but also that would have opened the door should should that change for them in the it, future yeah 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 planting a seed I, I'd always yeah. like that term you yeah. know, yes. plant a and few seeds yeah what we do is we do an awful lot of community engagement work through the schools and to a lot of companies here in Kilkenny and, and um, further afield where we go out and we provide a workshop um, to, to suit the needs of the company and we we will talk around mental health and minding your mental health and being aware of your colleagues and your family and like what you said you know if you see somebody is not feeling okay how do you deal with that so that has proven to be really really good even to be able to answer that to the workmates you know so if you get that word out there and how accessible Chock Tom is it is it's really a way of you know everybody being aware of Chock Tom and then saying yeah I know I can send somebody there and uh, they will be responded to. 
Well, if there's anybody listening this morning that wants to do uh, uh, even a small bit to help uh, Chuck Tom, I've got a bag pack coming up on Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th of September. Do you know where the bag pack is taking place? It's going to be in Dunn Stores in Kieran Street. Okay, so they're, they're, they're looking for volunteers to come along and help a uh, couple of hours out your time on a Saturday or Sunday. I'm sure the team would really appreciate it. Um, and to get in contact with them, you can contact Angela or Ellis and that phone number to contact them in on is 056 779 We'll stick that up on our social medias in case you didn't get a chance uh, to write that down. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. Thanks. So, yeah, we'd appreciate all the help because we are still at the moment fundraising to keep the doors open. But we are in a position that we will be having a meeting with um, the chief executive and other members of um, the HSE next month and we hope to secure some kind of funding to keep the doors of Choctaw open. So we have been supported by the Oireachtas members here in Kilkenny and uh, John McGuinness and Malcolm Noonan and uh, um, Kathleen Function. So yeah. I mean it's great to have them on our side and they're, we're going to be knocking on the doors and Joe Malone is there always in the background as well knocking on the doors of these people um, and, and saying look we really need support and financial support to keep the core services of Choctaw Tom going. Um, Rory, thank you very much for no your expertise, your skill, your work. Um, I'm going to leave it to you to, to, to give us the contact details for Chuck Tom, should anybody listening today uh, want to reach out and make contact. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you've uh, given out the number. We have a load of different ways to contact us. If you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you can get in touch with us directly on Messenger. Um, the Thomas Hayes Trust at gmail.com. You can email us in a query and we'll get back to you. Or if you just pick up the phone and ring the office at any stage, it's open. The, the phone line is open 24 7. Uh, it's answered by us in the office during the day or a volunteer in the evening. Uh, and that's 056 and Angela, um, thanks for your work again. Thanks for your bravery. Thank you. Um, I think that's, you know, uh, to be said, I mean, the bravery that you've shown over the last number of years since Chuck Tom has been set up um, probably in no way diminishes your own pain and suffering, but certainly diminishes the pain and suffering felt by others uh, or potentially felt by others. Um, I always like in a piece like this to give somebody like you the opportunity to speak directly to the listeners if, if there's somebody listening out there today who is either unsure of whether they need help themselves or has a family member who's unsure what would you say to them I'll just say, you know, pick up the phone or walk into us and just, you know, whether you know what's going on for you, if you're just not feeling okay in yourself and you don't know why, just come come to Chalk Tom or reach out. There are other helplines like the Samaritans doing fantastic work as well and alone and there's loads of helplines out there and we work really well with the other agencies here in Kilkenny as well. So yeah, reach out and just ask, you know, because it will break my heart if people suffer in silence because there's no need, there is help there. And and to never feel alone. Um, Angela Hayes, uh, founder and CEO of Chuck Tom and Rory Connellan, uh, Connellan, apologies, clinical services coordinator. Thanks for your time this morning. And just to reflect uh, what Angela said there a moment ago, there's all sorts of helplines available out there. We have sort of conglomerated them all on the KCLR website as well. Um, if you are somebody who just thinks you want to get in contact with somebody, uh, not sure who to phone, just go and visit kclr96fm.com forward slash help and you'll find all the information that you need there um, at that website 11.30 I'll be back with you in a moment KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops food outlets and a state of the art IMC cinema see fairgreen.ie
KCLR. You're very welcome back to KCLR 11.30. Time to continue our Hours to Protect series. This week, show producer Etna Quirk spoke to Sarah Fox. Sarah's a herbalist, a yoga instructor, and a pagan priestess. All about the importance of connecting to nature. Hours to Protect. Brought to you by KCLR, the IBI, and funded by Commission Amman with a television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more information. This week on Hours to Protect, I'm joined by Sarah Fox. Sarah is a local lady. She is a herbalist, a yoga instructor, a pagan priestess. I'm going to call you Mother Earth, Sarah, and welcome to the programme. <laughs> Well, I'm honoured. <laughs> I'd have to be honoured. So, Sarah, you're obviously very connected to the earth. Tell me a little bit about where your love of nature started. Yeah, so I guess um, I've always loved the idea of uh, holism or being holistic. And, you know, over the years, 20 years now, have been training in different holistic therapies. And then when I, um, I started many years ago to work in a health food store and could see how the herbs were massively beneficial to health. So that put me on a path of trying to live with the land, um, not even on the land, but with the land, in community with the land. So what I, my, my, my personal practice is to go out and just be in nature, at least even if it was just five minutes a day, you know, everyone's got um, a different schedule. And look around and see what's happening, what's happening in the season, what's happening in the day, and what's happening in the landscape. And then building my life around that, you know. So that's something I would urge everyone to do. And it's such a simple practice, you know. What's growing in the hedgerow? What's, um, you know, at the moment we've got blazing sunshine, but also we know that we're going into the darker part of the the darker part of the year. We're going into the autumn. So what do we need to build up in reserve so that we can gracefully get through the, the darker seasons when the colds and the flus and all that come in, you know? So that's how I live my life. And um, every day I try to be a little bit better at respecting nature, I suppose, rather than um, taking from nature, if that makes sense. That's such a beautiful philosophy. And there's a real disconnect there, isn't there? So when you talk about your connection to nature, I think it only serves to highlight some of the disconnection that takes place on a regular basis. I mean, most of us don't even get an opportunity to stand outside or we don't maybe take the opportunity is is, a, is more of a correct thing to say. I love what you said there, exactly. Because really, like, what's five minutes of your day, you know? <laughs> and it, it's a struggle for me as well, you know, to, to kind of, you know, you, you get up, you get busy, you know, if people have children. Personally, I have two little dogs. <laughs> like your, your your energy starts to go wherever, you know, whatever is calling for it. But the thing is, I think out of that respect, out of that honoring of nature, that you take the time. And what I personally believe is the more of a struggle it is, the more... Um, reverence you're giving to it you know so to take that five minutes to just you know if you could put your feet on the ground and if you're in a city it doesn't matter just put your feet on the ground no shoes feel the cold feel the air around you you know like think about what the elements are are saying and your day will be different you know your day will be so much different because you'll have um you're just more connected 
So there's, there's a lot to be said for our meditation practice where we go and we sit in a room with our eyes closed. But I think what, you know, this is all about climate action and um, and that, that the self-activism, you know, it's actually being more connected to the world. I think the medicine for, for today and for the days going forward is to be more in connection, in communication, rather than that idea of... Um, you know, meditating in, in a lovely calm room where everything's glorious, you know, actually be out in the wilds of it and see what you can learn from that. I love that, the wilds of it. And look, in terms of a lot of the work you do, um, mythology and paganism is very important to you, isn't it? Hugely, hugely. And uh, I think that's what brought me back to the wildness rather than the the soft practice or the, the yogic or Buddhist practices, which I would have done for years. My pagan practice is that, you know, read the stories. Um, you know, we have this uh, cyclical process in, um, in Ireland with the Celtic Wheel of the Year. And we can look at... Um, the stories of each part of the turning of the wheel and there'll always be some wisdom in it and that wisdom can teach you how to live your life you know so like what are the gods and goddesses doing in the stories and and when you look at them it's kind of like archetypal psychology you know it's not just um, a fairy tale it's like what's what's the meaning behind the story um, and what how can that then tell you how to live your life so if we think the next um, turning of the wheel in the wheel of the year is the equinox so that's all about um, balance. So it's it's equal sun, equal dark. So how do we come into balance at that time? What is it that you're lacking? What is it that you have in abundance? Could you give away some of what you have in abundance? So that might be if, if you've made loads of blackberry jam, you know, maybe your neighbor would like some, or, you know. And then if you're lacking, if you don't have enough in reserve, what could you go and ask for and be in your community, your your uh, our human community, as well as our uh, what I call more than human community of the land and everything that lives on it. A real sense of collectiveness there. Sarah, um, how optimistic are you for the future? Oh, that's a, it's a funny question <laughs> because I think the way we're, we're leading our lives is uh, destructive. You know, we, like I said earlier about, you know, being in community, in communication and community with the land, there needs to be this, uh, there's a beautiful word, reciprocity, where it's like um, we give we give back as much as we take, you know, and then when we're giving back as much as we take, you know, we receive more kind of in our in our hearts, you know. So I think the way we're living, where we're disconnected, disconnected from the land, disconnected from our communities, we're, you know, um, on the internet, we're, you know, bored, so we might go shopping. And I do all these things too, you know, and, and there's no judgment. But I think if that falls away because maybe capital structures kind of start to fall around us because they're not serving us, then we'll go back to the land and we'll learn that we need to grow a little bit and we'll learn, you know, this year I um, I planted loads of cauliflower and broccoli and it was all eaten by caterpillars because I didn't know any better. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm really good at growing herbs, I'm not great at growing vegetables. So I learned, mo- I learned loads from that and then I need to go ask someone what's the best course of action so that my cauliflower thrives next year so it's like we need to actually stop being on the internet go and plant something if it all goes wrong that's brilliant because you learn something from it and then you know if next year i have an abundance of cauliflower i'll bring some up to you we'll have a we'll share a meal that <laughs> would be wonderful listen um 
if for people who want to learn a little bit more about foraging, about connecting to themselves, connecting to nature, connecting to their communities, where can they find some information about the work that you do, Sarah? Yes, so um, my website is sarahfox.ie, that's Sarah with a H, fox, F-O-X dot I-E. On that you'll find um, my uh, contact for herbal medicine consultations, whether that is a chat or if you need medicine for a particular reason. Um, also you'll find loads of yoga classes and meditations and uh, you can also, if you're interested in training in this kind of, um, I suppose, holistic mindset, I run a yoga teacher training called Oak and Willow. So that's at oakandwillow.ie and it's a yoga training that's also um, infused with Irish culture, Irish mythology and uh, kind of a a pagan mindset um, listening to the land. Beautiful. Sarah, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate you taking time out to have a chat with us. Ours to Protect is funded by Commission Oman with a television licence fee and is a partnership between KCLR and the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more information. Sarah Fox there, Pagan, Pagan Priestess, uh, speaking to our own Ethnic Quirk um, on the phone earlier on today. Uh, our Ours to Protect series continues and remember you can listen back to all of those inserts on our own website and you'll find them also um, on the ourstoprotect.ie website where you'll also find find that weekly tip sheet and everything else. Errors to Protect continues every Thursday here on KCLR. Coming up after this short break, we're talking barbecues. KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. KCLR. You're very welcome back to the show. 083 306 That's the Dinners Ready text and WhatsApp line. Just a little bit of housekeeping to do uh, to tell you that due to essential water main repairs, the water serving Clush and Ballyvogan Ball in County Carlow, uh, it's going to be affected on the 7th. That is, of course, today um, from 10.30am this morning until 1 o'clock. So if you're experiencing water outages in that area, not that much longer left to go. That's for all uh, water and sewerage inquiries don't forget you can contact Irish Water on their customer service phone line 1800 278 278 open 24 hours a day 7 days a week and as always Ishka Aaron and Carlo County Council apologise for any inconvenience caused well the weather is continuing to be absolutely fantastic I think yellow weather warnings in place uh, for today and tomorrow Uh, but if you are thinking about breaking the barbecue back out this weekend Why not do it with some advice from world-class culinary expert Keith Boyle, um, executive chef at the Bridge House in Kilkenny, joins us now to give us advice on all things dining al fresco. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Apologies, I couldn't make it over to the station. Uh, Listen, I'm... Busy weekend here in the restaurant. I know a chef. Um, chefs don't tend to have particularly good tans because although they work late into the evening, they also work all the way during the day prep and everything as well. Uh, busy weekend. You had you, you planned to got very, a lot very going busy on. Busy weekend. Yeah, and I tell you, Brian, you're talking about getting a tan. I have to say, I'm actually sitting here uh, talking to you from our new glass-fronted parlour looking out over John's Bridge in Kilkenny Castle. And I have to say, I, I couldn't be in a nicer spot, Brian, when I'm talking to you. So I might just get a tan for the next five minutes or so. <laughs> oh, it sounds absolutely fantastic. But barbecues, I mean, we have a strange relationship with barbecues here in Ireland. We love them, but I would contest that we're not very good at them generally. Oh, well, when we get the weather, I suppose we all like to have them, don't we, Brian? Yeah, well, so I, I, hopefully I, I, that we're going to have a, a bit of an Indian summer and we can catch up on uh, 
on the ones that we missed out on. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, would you contest that maybe a barbecue as a tool for cooking should be considered as used all year round if you can get out to it? Well, you see, Brian, in a lot of the higher-end restaurants, too, um, there's a lot of barbecue going on. So there's indoor barbecues that chefs will buy called a Big Green Egg. Uh, it's an indoor barbecue that's used in a lot of high-end kitchens uh, around the world. Um, it's, it's fabulous. It gives a lovely flavor, a lovely taint, a lovely, um, you know, crispness to, to meat. So, yeah, barbecue can be can be all year round, of course. And I believe in Eastern Europe, and we want to do one at home, is they, they barbecue all the way through the winter. They have outdoor barbecues, and they all put on their, their big you know, jackets and gloves and cook outside and, and still have family around in the gardens in the wintertime when the weather is cold, not raining, obviously. Yeah, I remember hearing a story of, uh, I know barbecue and meat particularly is big in South America. Former Manchester United footballer Carlos Tevez had a barbecue in the front room of his house and yeah, they had to pay a fortune to get the house redone after he left. But like talking about meat, you know, marinating meat is something that's uh, an important thing to do. But how long do you really need to marinate meat before you'd consider using well, it on well, barbecue? Well, any, any type of to meat, Brian, does always tend to take uh, a marinade or, or a brine it, it always is fairly helpful but but anything for the barbecue 24 hours is, is always substantial uh, look you can minimize four to six hours but 24 hours is always really good and if you use quite a nice marinade with soy sauce and ginger and lemongrass or all these type of things i suppose whatever really people like it it benefits the meat because sometimes it draws the moisture out but it always gives it a fantastic flavor and helps get a really nice crust on it when you when you hit that barbecue makes all the difference of course having those flavours ingrained in the meat as well but you oh, when it hits oh, for sure when it hits that barbecue the uh, control and temperature on the barbecue is, is key because you, so many people get sausages off a barbecue where the outside of the sausage is black and the middle of it isn't uh, cooked at all what's the best way to control the temperature when you haven't got a little dial on the front of it that makes it easy to run up and down well I suppose Brian you see sometimes again depending on where you put your coals in the barbecue whether you put them all to the front and keep the higher temperature at the front and have some space at the back where you want to you know have a, have a cooler temperature but, but what you were saying there about the, the flame on the barbecue I, I think the, the alpha male in his brain always wants to have that barbecue flame right we all want to show off with the biggest flame that we can get yeah, absolutely. And what about fish? Fish on a barbecue? I said fish this. Fish on a barbecue is, is absolutely fantastic, Brian. And there's all the little tools you can get. Like I bought one last year. It's like a little cage that you put the fish in, whole fish or small fish, and it's like a rotisserie. So you can cook one side of it and then use your, you know, your glove with your, and then turn it over and, and cook the other side and keep turning it and getting that perfect fish. But again, what you were saying, Brian, about meats and, and marinades, fish always takes a really nice marinade for a barbecue too. You get a lovely crispy skin and a, a lovely glaze on the, on the flesh. Yeah, it makes all the difference. But listen, keep all, uh, the line's not brilliant. We're going to let you go. But listen, uh, have a fabulous weekend. I mean, a lot of people, if you're not going to get up to see Keith himself uh, at the Bridge House, do consider getting out that barbecue. Check him out online as well. All these Instagram stuff that we talk about the whole time. Sometimes we're telling people they shouldn't be online. Then other times we're telling them to go online and check it out. But Keith is available. You can find him on Instagram. Keith Boyle, Executive Chef. You find him on Instagram. Does great stuff. And if you are considering the getting the barbecue out this weekend, do enjoy it but all it says clean the cobwebs off before and just make sure you don't poison anybody while you're using it just coming up on 10 minutes to 12 o'clock I'll be back with you in just a moment KCL or live with thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card the perfect gift for all occasions see fairgreen.ie Carlo Kilkenny KCLR. You're very welcome back to the show this morning. Lots of people commenting on how brave the guys from Chuck Tom are, the work that they do. And um, uh, so many of you touched 
uh, by your own tragedies out there. Thank you for taking the time to text us on WhatsApp us and, and share those stories. I won't read them out uh, on air, obviously, but we do read them and we do appreciate them. And I just thought I'd say as well that uh, remind you that those emergency helplines are all on the KCLR website. They're actually pinned to the top of the homepage as well if you want to find them there. Uh, hopefully, yeah, people like Chuck Tom want me to continue the level of work that they do. But this weekend is um, Suicide World Prevention Suicide Day on Sunday. Uh, check it out if you need any help and support the supports are there um, 9 minutes to 12 o'clock we're going to take a bit of music to take us towards the news at 12 it's Ollie Moore's with Dance With Me tonight's Dance With Me tonight it's 6 minutes to 12 o'clock this Thursday morning and on a Thursday morning in about 3 weeks time Casey and our well we've got our own wedding fair coming up it's, it's uh, taking place in the Medieval Mile Museum Oh, Quick, you've been married. I've been married. I have indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, the stress of a build-up to a wedding. Ah, look, I think it's such a special time um, in a couple's lives, you know, but I know there is a, a level of stress involved in it, but there's a do huge level make, of excitement as well. Do we make too much bullshit out of stuff like that by saying um, too much stress involved in stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, l- life has its ups and downs and I think if you can manage your stress and take it in your stride and can yeah. just get on with it. Yeah, like it's, we, it's, like, we like turning things into negatives, don't we? We like sort of going, oh, I'm stressed. No, you're going to have the biggest celebration day of your life. Yeah, look, I think um, you just have to be realistic about it, really, I think. And I think for any new couples out there who are embarking on this really exciting time in their lives, the wedding showcase on the 28th um, is going to be amazing. But tomorrow we start a feature on the programme over the next um, two weeks just we'll be showcasing the local businesses who'll be there mm. um, so we'll be hearing lots of tips and tricks and maybe a f- couple of funny stories uh, <laughs> along the way um, yeah just so that couples know what to expect when they come along on the night and just to ha- have your questions ready um, for some of those local businesses who are going to be there there's a fantastic array of businesses and um, Christine and Carmel have been working so hard on the wedding showcase this is going to be a fantastic event for here, us here at Casey and Door. it's for those that are interested in going along I mean it, there's no fee first of all to go in you don't have nope. to pay unlike some of the big wedding nope. fairs that have up in Dublin and you can also win yeah a thousand euro holiday yeah. voucher you yeah, know fantastic. and it doesn't have to be spent on a ho- well uh, Ideally, well, you could have a pre-wedding getaway, whatever. Like, it's yeah, I mean, it may, maybe it might be the mother of a bride might win the actual voucher because, of course, you know, mothers of brides are very much involved in the organisation <laughs> of weddings. You're giggling away there. Well, mothers in general are just very involved in all sorts of elements of their children's lives. <laughs> my, my, I'm predicting the future here. <laughs> my mother, as a mother of two boys, right, was she was like sitting in the periphery. She was like a cat on a hot tin roof only being asked to pop along to things like you know the wedding dress trying on day and stuff like that because it's stuff she wasn't ever going to experience yeah, herself not yeah, having a girl really in the house nice. I'm laughing because my mother sorry mommy if you're listening but she doesn't wear um, makeup very often and she had her makeup done and I think they did eyelashes or put mascara on the morning of our wedding and she to use my father's words was like a mixy rabbit she couldn't <laughs> see for the whole day rabbit. <laughs> rabbit with mixomatosis disease what she does a rabbit with mixomatosis look like uh, Big bulgy oh, eyes. Do they? I've never seen her have it with mixed watery, Yeah, red eyes. So she couldn't see a whole lot. And then she had a big massive hat on as well. So Yeah, so second place, uh, Thursday the 28th of September. It's yep. uh, free to get in. Lots mm-hmm. of it. And the other thing I was thinking about as well is where else are you going to get all of those suppliers in one place in an evening? 
Yeah, so you're not going to have your traipsing around and losing your weekends when you've so much else to be doing, especially with the weather being as good as the moment. Pop along. Four hours, five o'clock till nine o'clock on that Thursday evening, the 28th, all in one place, the Medieval Mall. Be great to see uh, the Medieval Mall. I've been in it a few times, actually. Yeah, gorgeous, like that spot. Gorgeous spot. Beautiful spot. Be great to see it set up like that for, uh, for that uh, wedding fair. What have we got tomorrow? It is Friday, first of all, most importantly. Listen, Thursday hasn't even finished yet. Give me a chance. No, um, I know. Tomorrow we're talking to the founder of Cannonball. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah the biggest number of Lamborghinis ever in Ireland. Yeah. All coming to Kilkenny this weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Next weekend? I yeah. thought it was this Sunday. No. Oh, there you go. Well, it's, I don't think so. Yeah, we'll, do it. we'll find out. We'll be talking about Listen, it tomorrow. Listen, tune in anyway. tomorrow to see what we have. <laughs> Friday panel, everything else, and lots more besides John King coming your way after 12. Uh, news at 12 is on the way. Thank you, Etna, as always, for helping put You're the welcome. show together. Thanks to all the guys out there, Siobhan and all the team looking after social media and everything else. And uh, most importantly, thanks to you for listening. Ashton Bolton Dowling has your 12 o'clock news on the way in a minute. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie.